Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Paul Wells, welcome back to Shortcuts. Thanks for having me. Can I, like, you know, pass you a question for the federal leaders debate? You're going to be moderating this thing. Is is there an opportunity for for me to get something in there? Uh, yeah, I I, I, um, I I make no promises about actually asking the question. But what do you got? Oh, I hadn't gotten that far. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it careful consideration. And I'll be in touch. Clearly, you're the man for that job, and not me. Paul Wells, thanks very much for being here again. Happy to happy to help. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Kristen Tresseur, Ryan Steele, Jorge Barrera, Catherine, Eileen Mountain, Matt Fimblewinter, Michael McDaniel, Carol Linnett, and Danielle Lemon. Danielle, why did you decide to be awesome? You're proving we can be just as smutty as our neighbors to the south. And, you know, whether people agree with you or not, whether the stories are perfect or not, you're forcing some dialogue about media in Canada. And that can only be a good thing for the industry. This episode is also brought to you by Frank and Oak, who make it easy to shop for menswear. Paul, have you ever bought clothes on the internet? Uh, no, and, and probably I should, because it would simplify everything. 
there's a hesitancy to do it because, you know, you, you want to feel it. You want to try it on. And what Frank and Oak do is they allow you to pick stuff that's stylish. They change the collections regularly. You go to frankandoak.com and you pick it. They send it to you for free. You try it on. If you like it, you keep it and pay for it. If you don't, you send it back also for free. They have stylish, affordable menswear with their monthly on-trend collections. They have a hunt club service, Paul. That's like like hunting clothes or, or what? I think that is just what they call this service where you, you tell their style stylist what you like and they, they they pick out stuff they curate it for you Paul they figure out oh, okay. they figure out what you want and they just send you clothes you don't have to do anything but try it on and keep it if you like it and send it back if you don't and they pay for that so it's like Uber Uber except for clothes it's like it's like if Uber knew where you wanted to go and you didn't even know it, it, it removes even that level of decision making all you need to, to have decided for this to work for you is that you want to be clothed okay that's it <laughs> I can that's this is like the, it's like it was made for me Step up your game stylishly and affordably. Head to frankandoak.com. This is the good part. Use the code CANADALAND to get 20% off of your first purchase. Go do it now. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. All right, Paul, I'm going to leave it to you to explain to people who are not familiar with the hashtag CPCJesus. What does that mean? Uh, it means, uh, f- uh, here's my funny idea of how the conservatives must imagine that Jesus endorses everything they do. <laughs> and what is the origins of this hashtag? There's a conservative MP from Vancouver named Wei Young, uh, who is uh, a, uh, a really nice lady and uh, also a, a deeply conservative and uh, uh, well, deep, deeply conservative, which is handy, but also deeply religious. Uh, she went to a church uh, in late June and she said, you know, this anti-terrorism bill, C-51, it's the right way to go because 
Jesus always did the right thing, and like Jesus, so do we. And uh, therefore, Jesus would have liked this Bill C-51. And being, you know, good uh, uh, friends of Jesus ourselves, uh, we uh, do the right thing too. And so that's why you should like Bill C-51. It was, it was, it was that tautological an argument. And uh, she also unfortunately said that uh, C-51 would have helped in the Air India thing because uh, CSIS unfortunately knew there was going to be a bomb on that uh, plane and they couldn't tell anyone. And with C-51, they could tell people. Now, the problem with that line of argument is that it's uh, really not true. <laughs> Ceases did not know there was a bomb on the plane. It, had they known, they could have told people. Uh, and uh, and and really, her line of argument had nothing to do with what happened on, C, uh, on on Air India. I mean, what I think is kind of interesting is my brethren in the gallery went crazy over the fact that she had mentioned God and were a little less concerned with the fact that she had impugned a branch of our intelligence services 30 years after the fact. And I think I think maybe you could be a, a little less vexed about the God stuff and a little more vexed about the making up stuff about CSIS. It's sort of the trifecta because she also said she doesn't read the news because it's full of lies. Yeah, well, and you can see where she would find uh, the news to be full of su- uh, surprises at a minimum. <laughs> yeah, it, I almost felt sorry for her. It's just if you're going to say that this bill could have stopped a major terrorist, a successful terrorist attack that killed all kinds of people, and that's just not true – and you're going to say that you don't read the news. Yep. And you're going to say that your policies, and I know she didn't say we're bigger than Jesus. She didn't say we're, we're as good as Jesus. She's just sort of said that Jesus would govern as we go. Jesus would do what yeah. we do is sort of what she w- was saying. And if you're going to say all of those things at once, I might argue that you got it coming. Yeah. I think Abraham Lincoln said once, I don't claim that God is on my side. I try hard to be on his. Uh, and uh, that's always a handy rule of thumb for anyone invoking uh, invoking the Almighty in, in their in their discourse. You don't get far saying I believe this, and incidentally, God agrees. I don't get particularly vexed when someone introduces their religion into their politics. I don't think that I don't think that is a, a an unfair attempt to shut out other viewpoints or anything like you know uh, Bill Blakey's uh, leadership speech at the NDP leadership convention in 2003 when he lost to Jack Layton burdened perhaps by my endorsement his whole speech was a thing about how he was inspired by the social gospel and 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 how he was trying to he was trying to do God's uh, work uh, in politics um, and the the final thing which is not really a media criticism but it's an interesting piece of sociology a lot of conservatives tell me that uh, when they open the party to new Canadians, to uh, recent, relatively recent immigrants from from Asia or from uh, Europe, uh, not o- not only do they they're not moderating their conservatism at all; they're actually deepening their conservatism because they get pulled to the right by a lot of these folks. Uh, the case that was mentioned to me is uh, Vladislav Lizon, who's an Ontario Conservative member of Parliament, former head of the Polish Canadian Congress, and he's really Catholic and he's really hawkish on foreign policy questions. And the conservatives get to be more conservative when these guys are around and when people like Wei Young is around rather than having to be less conservative to accommodate them. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting nuance that, that, that I find fascinating. I also feel like there's a bit of snobbery and, you know, there are vast swaths of the population that identify, that, that have religious values that don't, 
you know, it's one thing to separate church and state. It's another thing to, you know, people do who are of the Christian faith want their how they act as citizens to be, you know, compatible with uh, who they are spiritually. It's. I think it's okay for people to express themselves that way, and and it's it's unfortunate how they you know you, you can pounce upon people as soon as Jesus gets mentioned in a political context. It was just too much, and and there were some funny you know the tweets were funny. Did you have a favorite CPC Jesus tweet? Did you did you engage at all, Paul? The day this week when all this broke out was my deadline day for the column, and I was unfortunately once for once in my life I was working too hard to pay close attention to Twitter. So <laughs> all right, you know what? I'm going to resist the urge to do the greatest hits of the CPC Jesus hashtag. It's out there if you want to catch it. Let's. Let's check out these ads instead. You work hard every day to give your family the best. Your government should be there to help your family make ends meet. Grow our economy while protecting our environment for generations to come. Get Canada on track. That means putting families and their priorities first. I was raised on middle class values and I'll work to strengthen the middle class. Together we can bring change in Ottawa. I invite you to be part of it. So for our uh, podcast friends, what you just saw during that NDP ad was uh, a happy, bright day in a, in a kind of hip-looking downtown coffee shop uh, juxtaposed with uh, images of, a, of a, a dry cleaner opening for business. And uh, and there's there's Thomas Mulcair sipping on an espresso at, at said coffee shop. Yes, and 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 somebody happily conferring with their dry cleaner, which I actually don't think ever happens. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess maybe I'm sort of leadenly business-like when I pick up my cleaning, but I, you know, I, uh, you know, there's other places where I have fun chats, but anyway, maybe I'm not the NDP target. Business-like or sometimes enraged. Yes, just the surly. Give me my cleaning. You know, Mulcair's a surly guy. I think he would have gotten more credit if there was footage of him arguing about a stain on on his, uh, on Oxford or something, you know? Be more real. That's right. You can't get rid of mustard? What am I paying you for, you dolt? Um, instead, there's this Weirdly kind of novocained uh, Mulcair at the end, uh, who I could swear winks at you, um, which is a nice change of pace, you know? He does, doesn't he? Isn't there something winkish? He sort of gives this little, little like, it's like a wince. It's like, it's not quite the full wink, but he kind of like half nods and squinches up a little. It, it's weird because I usually find him, as politicians go, to be a pretty unvarnished, he seems like just himself, but in that ad there is something kind of I, there's something creepy about him. Yeah, although I, I, I should say that um, voters have a much wider range of what's acceptable to them than uh, uh, cranky media analysts do. Uh, um, it's one. Th- it's something that we keep forgetting as people who are uh, fascinated by politics is that people who are fascinated by politics, work around politics, need politics to give them their friends and their excitement. And uh, most people have friends and they, 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 there's other things in their lives that, that, that excite them. And so what they need from politics is a reasonably competent management of taxpayer funds and uh, uh, like a reasonably uh, diligent building up of, of, of uh, opportunity and fairness in society, you know. And, and if the guy doing it is uh, sometimes uh, his smile's a little fake, whatever. You know, when we have knocked down drag out fights over whether uh, Harper is moody or whether uh, Chrétien uh, 
it comes off a little, came off a little rustic or something. We're basically reading way too much into this stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mulcair, Mulcair was, would cheerfully start big fights in the National Assembly in Quebec City. And he came and they said, stop that. And he stopped it. And if he's approximately amiable, I think that's kind of in the zone of what's all he needs to do, you know? And that was the point of this, it seems, was to uh, humanize and make soft and, and, and you know, uh, I was going to say fuzzy, furry. I don't know. It's Thomas Mulcair. But to, to kind of, you know, you don't know this guy. It's they're introducing him on a more of a human level. I guess that's the purpose of that ad. And maybe, maybe it's maybe it's too granular to assess whether he winked or not. <laughs> but this next NDP ad, which everybody's talking about today, uh, is a different tack entirely. So, so can I get you to click uh, enough on the count of three? Yep. One, two, three. Stephen Harper promised to clean up liberal corruption and mismanagement. Let's look at the record: misleading voters. Election fraud. Breach of trust. Illegal lobbying. Misleading voters. Illegal campaign contributions. Bribery. Misuse of funds for housing. Misuse of funds for expenses. One third of the Senate under RCMP investigation. And Stephen Harper's ethics spokesperson sent to jail. Have you had enough? It's time for change in Ottawa. I mean, this seems to be the one-two punch of every party. You've got to you got to talk about how sinister and awful the other guys are, but then you know, don't get so bummed out because we're really wonderful and there's a bright future here. But so we did that in reverse here. This is how sinister and awful the other guys are. What did you make of this ad? The, the, the post today called it nasty. It's the nastiest ad yet. It's nasty-ish. Uh, to some extent, the facts are nasty. I mean, you know, there have been a string of convictions and those were real leg irons that Dean Delmaster was wearing at the end of that ad. Uh, I count a few stretchers. Um, I counted four people in that list of, uh, they, they, they showed a rogues gallery of um, uh, people who face charges or have been convicted or have admitted uh, guilt in, in, in various kinds of judicial fora. Yeah, we should say every time you heard the stamp there, we saw the image was sort of uh, lit in this sort of sinister, you know, chiaroscuro, uh, is that the chicken or the, uh, or the lighting method? The, yes. And we saw the various corrupt or, 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 or seemingly corrupt or supposedly corrupt conservatives. And each time a red stamp for their, you know, what, what, whatever it is they've been charged or, and then we saw yeah. uh, Dean Del Mastro's perp walk at the end and there he was cuffed. So some of the red stamps are premature. Four of these people have not been convicted by, of anything. And when they say uh, one third of the Senate under investigation, that includes uh, about as many liberal senators as conservative senators, uh, that one third uh-huh, figure. So, right, you know, but um, I, I would counsel the conservatives against using they haven't all been com- convicted as a campaign slogan. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's a, it's, it is a stretch. But at some point, as soon as Dean Del Mastro came out on leg irons, that was going into an ad. Uh, someone was going to run that ad and probably not the conservatives. I have a hard time imagining that the conservatives in 2005 would have resisted the urge to run very similar ads uh, about how dirty the some liberals had been. It's, you know, uh, when you've been in power for a long time, uh, some bad apples show up and the other guys get to point at the bad apples. I don't like this ad, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it, it's not because they went negative. I mean, as you say... 
that's just how it works. If you have a government that is mired in corruption, and I don't single out the conservatives here, that's just sort of how it happens. You know, governments accrue scandals and corruption like barnacles. So, you know, I'm sure yep. any government after in power as long as it serves, well, maybe not as much, but there'll, there'll be stuff to put in an ad. And that's that's just how it's done. That's fair game. Of course, if you've got Dean Delmaster walking off in cuffs, that's going in an ad. Uh, so, you know, to fault the NDP for going negative, I mean, like you say, there's a lot of factual stuff in there. They're just telling it like it is to a certain extent. And it's not even, I mean, th- there's some stretchers there that you point out that are problematic. And I don't think they need to embellish like that. There's enough fodder for them to go to, to point out the negative without, without having to uh, exaggerate. My problem is the tropes, you know, the music, the sinister music, and then the removal, because they don't want warm and fuzzy Mulcair saying these things, so they have this woman saying it, and then this this hokey red stamp. You know, why can't you speak to me like I'm an intelligent adult and have Thomas Mulcair say, let's have a look at the level of corruption, both convictions and charges that the current government is, is, is facing right now. And let's think about if we want to keep these people around. Like, own that message. That is your message, that these guys, let's kick the bums out of office. And it just feels to me so hackneyed. Uh, and it actually pr- presents the opportunity for people to say, oh, you went negative. Uh, c- because you, the NDP themselves, in using the tropes of a negative ad, are, are triggering that response, don't you think? There's a reason why they're the tropes of a negative ad. Once again, everyone decries U.S.-style negative advertising, but they find that Canadian-style negative advertising doesn't work as well. The target audience here is distracted people who probably weren't paying any attention to the commercials at all and need um, like a stark change in the atmospherics and, uh, and in the sound effects so that they can uh, you know, look up from their whatever they're doing and, and pay attention to the ads. In, in 2005, the Conservatives had this uh, really innocuous, lousy ad where they talked about um, all of Harper's plans. And at the end of it, there was the sound of a car horn beeping as they showed the Conservative slogan, Stand Up for Canada. The point of the car horn was to get you to stop whatever you were doing and look at the TV screen. And similarly with all the stamp sound effects and so on. Jacques Perizot used to say that campaigns are decided or elections are decided by idiots. I think that was a, a horribly cruel way to caricature it. But the swing vote in elections is people who don't pay attention to politics. Uh, people who pay attention to politics and follow it zealously already knew a long time ago who their um who they were going to vote for. Let me take you up on that point. That is the trope, is the, com- the common, you know, you, you have to scream. I mean, those are the people who decide elections are the ones who aren't paying attention. You got to scream to get their attention and change the way they think. Is that who these ads are for? Because they're made like TV ads. These ads, I feel, live and die on social media and the, and the new and the news media picking up the social media action of these ads and you and me speaking about them right now and them being talked about in power and politics uh, and elsewhere and it's it's it, are, are we still in the era of the TV ad buy being the primary instrument through which these ads are delivered I, I really think you got to flood you, you got to flood the zone you got to um, get your message out any way you can uh, in the early days of, of Harper government I spoke to a campaign official who was fascinated with door hangers those little cardboard things that you leave on a door and how much information can you get on the door hanger and so on because you know what a lot of a lot of voters don't even watch any TV and uh, a, a, a lot of uh, people don't watch a lot of YouTube so you can't even use a YouTube video and it's why the Conservatives, again, uh, they, they've tended to be the most aggressive. Uh, at one point, they were trying to buy ad time at uh, gas pumps. You're standing there. Yeah. You, yeah. Someone will have gotten 99% of the way to election day and not actually been exposed to anyone's messaging. And at least he buys gas. 
right? So, and and the gas station uh, chain finally chased them away because they didn't they didn't want to they didn't they didn't want to bore their customers to death, basically. <laughs> <laughs> My understanding is that this enough ad that we just listened to is being targeted specifically to ridings where uh, the NDP came in second last time. So the, 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 this is uh, very targeted. Uh, now, how that's being done, if that's online, how you get that granular, I, I can't imagine how you would do that. Uh, I guess you could buy TV on – can you buy TV on such a granular level? Maybe. You, you, I mean, you can do a little bit by buying local TV markets, but, uh, you, you know, you, you can't be super targeted on, on television. And you can you can, you can probably use the location information online to be a little more targeted online. I have to admit, I follow the details of this up to a point, but I, I think – I think swings are what decide elections more than anything, and and a big swing swamps all of these effects. So okay, well we're, let's move on to the conservative ads, and I think that for time reasons, and I'll get accused of all sorts of uh, favoritism here, but we're going to do one ad a piece for the conservatives and the liberals, just because we went long on on NDP, and so be it. I'll take my licks for that. Yep. Let's look at uh, proven leadership. Most of the decisions you have to make in this job are hard ones. You have to confront issues you never expected. You can't be bound by ideology. You don't have the luxury of ignoring problems or only making popular choices. You just work hard and try to make the best decisions possible for Canada. And on a good day, you get to go home feeling you lived up to the job. So the visuals there uh, are, are, you know, sort of a... A beleaguered, rumpled uh, Stephen Harper kind of working, burning the midnight oil uh, at his desk and some highlights from his tenure. And it sort of matches what you what you heard in the voiceover, just kind of like, look, folks, you know, I, I do my best. Is that, is that, does that sound like an accurate description of what we just saw? Yeah. Um, uh, he puts in a solid day at the office, probably longer than you, buddy. And, uh, and uh, what do you want, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think <laughs> that should be the slogan. You know what? It's actually, I think it's a good ad. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, uh, one could have some fun with the fact that no other human appears in the ad, right? He's, he's, uh, um, uh, it's like the Burgess Meredith episode of the twilight zone where he's the only person who survived the nuclear war and he's wandering alone through the streets <laughs> of the big city. You know, um, it's got a little bit of that. You just need, you just need one shot of him in front of some photos of, of, of Baird and Kenny, just, you know, old buddies Just kind of with a little, and then a tear, yeah. uh, no, that, that, that we're, we're making stuff up at this point. Um, but, uh, that's actually probably helpful in the sense that you, there's not a lot of, of distracting noise in the, in the visual. It's just, there's just Stephen Harper at his desk. Um, uh, th- they have bounced back and forth about how much to use his name in, in the various campaigns that he's run. Uh, in 2004, they, they, they went to exaggerated lengths to, to introduce him. My name is Stephen Harper, because if you got nothing else out of the thing, you'd, at least you'd figure out, you'd learn who he was. In 2006, they, they had whole ad uh, uh, plays where they, nobody would use his name, including my favorite, because he'd, he'd become unpopular. People were worried about him. And so there was one ad that was entirely about the new conservative leader and uh and no one would say his name and he's sitting on the couch there with Lorene Harper 
while she talks about what a great leader the conservatives have, and she never acknowledges that, that, that this fellow sitting next to her happens to be him, and that his name is Stephen. Um, and then, but then he won. So you know, who am I to carp? Uh, this year they've gone with proven leadership, and and they 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 seem you know quite convinced that Stephen Harper is a big advantage for them as a party. If I mean the, the title is proven leadership, it's telling that his name isn't in it, but it feels it does feel like the message is like adequate leadership like you know uh, you know proven in that you know who he is you know look (laughs) look yeah who are these other guys anyhow you know i mean that's and that's what the you know in in each of these we're not gonna have time a lot of people have seen though that the job interview ad the conservatives put out uh, about justin trudeau uh, that you know he's just not ready for it and it really is it is about like like you don't know these other guys they haven't done it before maybe they're better but maybe they're a lot worse you know uh, but me, you know me, I'm, I'm doing my best. And so people get people who are uncomfortable with, with the idea that Harper is the prime minister. And there's a lot of those people, uh, they get so upset because my God, in 2005, when that campaign started, he'd never done anything. He'd never, he'd never seen a passport. He could barely eat pasta. And unfortunately, yeah, that's a great way to win the uh, election of 2006 on take backs, but it's pointless now. Now he is a known quantity. He is a well-traveled man and he does have experience and he gets to use that. Do you think that 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 ad will compel anybody or convince anyone? It seems to be kind of like, calm down, everybody. Calm down. I'm I'm doing my best. Calm down. Do you think that that's going to be an effective message? Yeah. As far as I've been able to ascertain, they've been running their negative ads way heavier than this one. Uh, uh, I spoke to Doug Finley, the the strategist and then conservative senator who passed away a couple years ago uh, about strategy because he used to run Harper's campaigns. And he said, uh, uh, positive positive ads don't make anyone vote for you. Like you, you, you run them to feel better about your own campaign, but it's only the negative ones that work. And, uh, I, I, I hope that Finley was being a little cynical there. Um, but, uh, I, I, I do think this is about making, uh, conservative leaners, uh, feel like it's not a crazy thing to vote for this guy again. I should say, um, this ad was released on May 25th. And it's been viewed 35,501 times as I speak right now. Um, by contrast, the same day, the, the uh, negative ad, the conservatives released the interview about the people doing a job assessment, a job interview of, of Trudeau's file and finding him wanting that he's just not ready yet. That negative ad has received 395,512 views. And that's not just the conservatives. The NDP also released these two ads, one negative, one positive. The uh, the positive one came first back May 25th and, and has got 51,000 views. The negative one just, just came out uh, this week, and it's already up to 108,000 views. So obviously, I don't know what is compelling people more, but certainly what's intriguing people more, what's getting people to click more are the negative ads. Yeah, and, and – um you know, even we all like to think we're wonderful people, but would would you rather see a car crash or two cars that happily don't crash? As much as I was uh, down on the NDP's sort of um, hackneyed use of, of negative ad tropes, and, you know, we're not even talking about the, uh, of course, the ISIS conservative ad because we covered that last week on this show, which sort of took to a melodramatic extremes how negative you can go playing the ISIS theme song and images of people about to be murdered. Uh, and, and this is what, what you're, what's going to happen if we let the other guys uh, in, in power. When negative ads go really, really negative, um, you know, th- th- there's a good reason to criticize them. But the liberals tried to go a different way, have their cake and eat it too. And uh, I, I wonder if we can't play um, – let's both click on the Harper decade in one day, this liberal ad. Uh, ready for that one? Yes. 
And so this is text on the screen as we hear this rather happy, jovial soundtrack. The tone of this is rather chipper, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and um, you know, all those wacky conservatives, but on, on one day, on May 7th, the Duffy trial has revelations, and the uh, prime minister uses uh, soldiers in a photo op, and uh, uh, good old uh, Pierre Polliver does something outrageous, and Peter Panashaway is charged with... Um, uh, three counts of taking illegal donations and so on and so on. So it's it's like the NDP thing where you can't believe the mess that's piling up at the conservatives' door, uh, but it's a little jauntier. And I yeah, it's 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 a list of their of their you know transgressions against decency. It's, it really is like look at how corrupt and and uh, compromised this government is. But trying to kind of present that in a like ah oh, brother these goofs, uh, which is really if you want people to get upset and enraged and there and there might certainly be enough fodder for that why why take this tone that's that's kind of uh, fluffy you know? well um part of it is uh, uh a lot of political parties uh begin their sort of extended pre-election uh, campaign period by ostentatiously insisting that they won't be doing any negative advertising yeah. because we're above that because we're right. And then of course, when you do stop some, you have to figure out a way around your dumb previous promise. And so uh, wacky music, I think allows them to sleep a little bit better at night after having promised not to do negative advertising. And then of course doing negative advertising. I would skip the part where you don't promise yeah. uh, not, not to have the negative ads because I, I uh, don't I, like I, I see literally almost nothing wrong with saying the other guy's a stinker uh, because that's what these people, that's what everyone, that's what all these people in politics believe about one another. That's what they tell one another in private conversation. They go off to highs and they say, I can't believe what the conservatives are doing to the country. And so, you, you know, or the conservatives say, uh, they're in the pocket of the unions and the unions are going to, are going to buy, uh, their buddies in the press gallery and we're going to get a liberal government once again. Like that's how people actually talk. And, and, and so they might as well say it out loud. To me, it's more honest. It might be more effective as well. Again, this ad also came out on May 25th and it's gotten only 8,000 views on YouTube. I, I, I think that this, it almost distills what has been lacking in the liberal campaign the whole way through, which is they don't want to go out too far on any one branch. Like they don't want to actually just say it. You know, you don't want to be the negative voice out there. You want to keep this kind of very feel good, uh, polished image that Trudeau himself has, but that doesn't allow you to actually say anything. The other thing with that ad is that it's taken as they, as they are careful to acknowledge in the fine print at the end of the ad, uh, the argument of the ad is taken almost completely from an Andrew Coyne column in the national post. Now there's nothing wrong with that. I read all everything Andrew writes, but, um, it, 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 it speaks to the extent to which the liberals still tend to speak within the culture of politically engaged people rather than speaking to people who uh, need the arguments made a little bit less uh, in a less erudite manner. You know, there's a there's a throwaway bit of text in this liberal ad says that after 10 years of disregarding the charter, I wonder how many people who see this ad know which charter they're talking about. Right. Oh, it's the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And how have they been disregarding it? And, you know, and and um, uh, it's a little beltway, this ad. Well, it's it's interesting that they borrowed it from Coin because it reads like a column. I mean, there's so much text on the screen. Uh, and, and, you know, that's one thing if you're engaging with an Andrew Coin piece, which, you know, are, are often, you know, very funny and readable. But as, as far as an ad goes, I mean, it's just... 
it's it's bloodless. You know, you, the, the the events that they're describing are actually much more extreme than the ad uh, would convey. I'm think I'm becoming better at picking which ads are meant for broadcast, which means they put they put their own party money behind them. It's a bigger uh, chunk of their budget, and which ones are meant for YouTube and social media. And and this one strikes me as a as a social media play. I'd be surprised if they paid money to have it run as an ad anywhere on on commercial television. Honestly, it's it's so hard to determine what's meant for what anymore. And you know we're still focusing you know like on these ads, and I'm critical of that while I participate in that because that that is just you know it's the most identifiable like uh, instrument or unit yep. of political expression from the parties. Maybe that's a great place for us to conclude is, is the ad going to be a potent and and important aspect in, in the coming election? I mean, what what is happening? You know, this is a media criticism show and the media that they're providing uh, are on the one hand, you know, these ads and, and YouTube makes it easy to just kind of com- com- compare and contrast them. But they're also doing everything from mailers and, and uh, terrestrial radio to doing really targeted stuff with Twitter and Facebook, you know, w- what is the media battleground of, of this campaign as we move into the final 100 days? Um, again, I, I, I think things are becoming so fluid uh, and costs of entry are so low. I mean, uh, f- frankly, that's one reason a whole bunch of different organizations, including McLean's, can have their own political debates because you don't need three TV networks to pool their budgets and so on to have debates. Uh, basically, <laughs> is your answer to my question the debate that you're going to be moderating? Is that the answer? It's my answer to everything this week. I got to tell you, Jesse. I mean, you know, <laughs> if, when I'm chatting amiably with my dry cleaner, uh, we're talking about 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 the McLean's debate, but. Um, <laughs> You you can turn around an ad. It used to take uh, the the best ad men in Toronto uh, two weeks to come up with an ad. You can turn one around in three hours now. You can slap it on YouTube, and everyone who's looking for uh, uh, cute kittens will suddenly see what 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 smack you're, you're talking about uh, about Tom Mulcair. Uh It's a it's a it's a beautiful world that way, you know. Uh, um, and you can Snapchat your ad. You can you can you can Instagram your ad. Like I think there's going to be so many more ways for them to get their message out and to get and and to drag the other guys down. That it's going to be a very complex and kind of infinitely granular campaign compared to some of the earlier ones. What about the argument that was made when uh, the conservatives, you know, announced their boycott uh, of, of the, uh, the major network debates? You know, I know it's, it's, it's uh, interesting on the one hand that there are going to be all of these smaller debates, but people are just used to seeing this. It's sort of one of the few live TV events where, that people actually engage in is that you turn on the CBC and there's the federal leaders debate. Uh, it's going to be a much smaller audience for the debate that you're moderating than, than in previous years, isn't it? Basically my mom. Yes. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm not being self-serving, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take a break from being self-serving and I'll say, I actually expect we're going to have a freaking huge audience for our debate. I, I actually don't believe that politics stops in August, except insofar as people stop doing politics because they, because they think they're supposed to, you know, uh, I, and to the extent that anyone misses it, it'll be on YouTube and we'll have highlights on our website and you can, you, you'll, you'll see the, the, uh, the key moments uh, low unto the end of days, you know, and then so other people say, well, this is clearly Stephen Harper trying to get out of the primetime uh, hot debate at the key moment. Uh, and, and all of you lackeys are playing along to his strategy. Well, no, 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 no. He's got his strategy. We've got ours. Mine is to make sure that McLean's uh, is at the center of important events. And I think there's a lot of danger in what Harper's done. He may, uh, he may, 
not look very good for skipping other people's debates. He may uh, multiply uh, other leaders' opportunities to shine by having a lot of other debates. That's none of my problem. Uh, and, and in the meantime, uh, we as a country were looking increasingly kind of stick in the mud by letting uh, one organization have a debate when any organization is now able to put on a credible debate. You know, let's move briskly into the 21st century because it's been a decade and, and let's see how this works. I just didn't get the Canada Land proposal in on time, I guess. Paul Wells, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. That's your Canada Land Shortcuts. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. You can email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read them all. I respond when I can. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Brown. Paul, where can people find you? English PW on Twitter, almost uh, around the clock. The website is canadalandshow.com and the crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. I make this show with Katie Jensen. The next episode of Canada Land will be up on Monday. The next episode of Canada Land Commons, if you're interested in politics, will be up on Tuesday. If you like this show, please support it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.